Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. At Mint Mobile, we like to do the opposite of what Big Wireless does. They charge you a lot, we charge you a little. So naturally, when they announced they'd be raising their prices due to inflation, we decided to deflate our prices due to not hating you. That's right. We're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Teenage years for a lot of us are filled with angst and rebellion. Thankfully, it's usually a stage of our life that we grow out of as we begin to take a closer look at our future. For 16-year-old Adrian Reynolds, that was the exact stage of life that she was in. She was working on bettering herself and her future. That is, until her future was taken away by someone whose idea of bettering their own life meant taking someone else's. My name's Ben. And I'm Nicole, and you're listening to Wicked and Grim, a true crime podcast. Warning, the following podcast contains graphic content and material intended for a mature audience. Listener discretion is advised. That was smooth how I did that. Yeah, and I didn't get the memo Well, I also have one. That was not smooth. Keep it going. Keep it going. There you go. Wow. Your delicate fingers. I'm pouring it over ice because it's warm. We have, okay, can I just say something? Can I just, well, this isn't really a show note. This is just me talking about alcohol. <laughs> okay. But we, our brewery, which I'm sure we've talked about, one of our breweries, Trench, they have a peach iced tea. It's fucking delicious. That is literally so good. Next level. So if you're local, um, like fucking go buy a case. They probably already know about it if they're local because I'm pretty sure an entire city is obsessed with them. Oh, just obsessed. Like it it puts um twisted tea to like shame. Oh, wholeheartedly. Wholeheartedly. Not that anything's wrong with twisted tea. We do drink that as well, but this is just like wow. Yeah. It's it's fantastic. Mm-hmm. I'm kind of jealous. I mean, I have a trench beer but I'm kind of jealous that I'm not drinking the iced tea. So uh, maybe well, afterwards. It is very dangerous though. Cause it literally is like, I'm just drinking a peach iced tea, like non-alcoholic. Yeah. It's very peachy too, but like not too sweet either. So yeah. it's, it's really cool. Yeah. It's awesome. Um, while we're recording this episode, we are in the middle of a thunderstorm right now. Sabuke. Um, the rain has currently ceased, but being in a tiny home with a tin roof, there is a high chance and a high probability that you're going to hear some rain pick up during this episode yeah right now might just be a good time but i have a feeling it could come back it might but it is also very good that we're getting rain yes tackle those wildfires a little bit yeah so this is a good thing let's just hope that lightning and thunder fuck off just a little bit yes the rain can stay well for the next few days i have photo shoots that i need it to stop for soon do you know what else can stay (laughs) what our fantastic patrons yes we had victoria bond be our only patron sign up last week but she joined the big list of patrons getting all that awesome exclusive content so thank you victoria for joining us over there 
Yeah, the awesome exclusive content right now is chickens. <laughs> Pretty much it's just chickens. <laughs> just kidding. We post a lot of stuff on there, but um right now our it's our chickens are kind of all consuming. So they are all consuming, but uh they're finally getting settled in. The coop's all built. The yep. well almost all built. Almost the run's all done and it's it's kind of like uh just moving on with life now yeah. with chickens. Yeah. You're gonna overfill that truck. No, that was I like that was epic. Yeah, you can't pick it up now. You gotta Oh, just, I could. Okay. You ready? Okay. Are you going to spill? Don't no. spill. Don't do it. Don't do it. Uh, oh, that was so close. Well done, though. There we go. She almost just spilled no, all over I her didn't. fucking lap. I was confident. <laughs> Confidence is key. Okay. So, what do you got in store for us today? I haven't even asked you what you've been working on. Well, this is a requested case that I pulled off our Discord server. Um, this is the case of Adrian Leigh Reynolds. Nice. Okay. Okay. I have no idea what this is about. Well, you're about to find all about it. Find out all about it. There you go. That, that sentence made sense, I swear. A lot of sense. That sentence was a lot of nonsense, but it's about to make sense. How's that? Okay, there you go. <laughs> you kind of recovered. Kind of recovered, but <laughs> I'll I'll deal with that and I'll, I'll take it. Thank you. Okay, so you ready for it? I am ready for it, yeah. Okay. Well, Adrian Lee Reynolds was born on September 12th in 1988. She was born to a single mother in El Dorado, Arkansas. Now, unfortunately, her mother was not in a position to keep a child. So she was put up for adoption. Okay. Uh, so she was adopted by a man named Tony Reynolds. So as Adrian entered her teenage years, her father would eventually remarry and move to East Malloyne, Illinois, while she continued to live with her mother in Texas. So as I kind of alluded with the whole angsty rebellion teenage phase in the intro, education became a bit of a struggle for Adrian. Now I, I can relate to that because that was kind of me in my teenage years. Education was not my forte. I did not want to study, did not want to hunker down, do my things. There was other things I'd way rather be mm -hmm. doing. Um, and so by the age of her being 16, she was kind of not doing so well. Uh, she actually didn't earn a single high school credit towards her diploma. So rather than focusing on her studies, she would find solace in hanging out with friends, uh, smoking weed, harboring a deep dislike for school, pretty much just all around. I think that's a pretty common probably argument in households with teenagers, hey? What exactly? Well, just trying to get kids to like focus on their schooling. But yeah, it's kind of it's 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 an interesting age, really, because there's so many other things you could be doing and and you don't really um, necessarily see the importance of yeah. like high school at that moment yet. And nowadays there's so many distractions, video games, uh -huh. cell phones, social media, you name it. Uh, this worrisome situation, though, led her mother, who she was living with at the time, to, to believe that a change was necessary to help Adrian find a better path in life and kind of better herself, right? So the decision was made to send her to live with her adoptive father and stepmother, which was Tony, who of course was the original individual to adopt her, and Joan Reynolds in Illinois. So despite not being this perfect angel, not being the perfect student in school, Adrian's presence was cherished by her father and stepmother, who saw her as a spirited and vibrant young woman. Beyond her tough exterior, she was known for her sweetness, her care for others, and she had a remarkable talent as singing. 
Okay, that's really cool. Which I'm super jealous of. I yeah. love to sing, but I'm horrible at it. That is one thing I think if you could change about yourself, it would be to have that talent, eh? Yes, I would yeah. love to be able to sing. But you can't be good at everything, Ben. I know, I know. I'm, I'm not you're, angry well, with myself. Well, I think you're pretty much good at everything else. That's like one thing. <laughs> I don't know if I would say that, <laughs> but thank you. I appreciate it. Uh, so Adrian's dream, of course, was to become a singer. But the pursuit of such aspirations often seems out of reach for many people, uh, especially at that age, like singing or being a musician or whatever is generally like the top of stardom. There's so much competition out there sort mm -hmm. of thing, right? So in the fall of 2005, Adrian embarked on a new journey by enrolling in the Black Hawks College Outreach Program with the goal of obtaining her GED. So this achievement would serve as a stepping stone towards fulfilling her ultimate desire of joining the United States Marine Corps. Okay. So this was kind of her new goal. Instead, she kind of realized that the chances of becoming a singer were relatively slim. I'm not going to sit here and say, you should never follow your dreams, but mm -hmm. I kind of understand what she's saying, you know? Mm -hmm. uh, so yeah, this was kind of her, her next best thing. She's like, I'm going to go finish off my education and I'm going to join the Marines. Okay. Good for her. Yeah, definitely. So she settled in Illinois with her father, like I said, and Adrian was determined to turn her life around and strive for a brighter and better future for herself. This was just a new chapter in her life for a fresh start. She was determined to build this meaningful future. Her dedication to joining the Marines after graduation was fueled by her determination to excel now at her studies as she attended college. Adrian finally experienced true friendship when she began attending here. So she was not only just beginning to find friendship, but she was beginning to find that she was relatively popular, something that she had yearned for, but never really found. So alongside her other qualities, Adrian proudly identified as a devoted quote, juggalo. Do you know what that is? Oh my goodness. I've definitely <clears throat> heard of that term, but I can't recall. So a juggalo is someone who is a passionate follower of the rap group, insane clown posse. Oh shit. Okay. No, I have no idea. I've never heard that then. No? I thought I was thinking something else. You're probably thinking gigolo, which is a male sex worker. At yes. Least. It was a term for it. Yes. yes. Okay. So juggalo. Juggalo is basically a follower of this rap group, Insane Clown Posse. Oh, okay. Yeah. So I actually, I, I used to listen to some of their tunes back in the day. I was never a juggalo, mind you, but some of their tunes are actually pretty, pretty entertaining. They're usually very dark and morbid and contain murder and that sort of stuff but also like very circus-like and they're very clown-ish. They got like clown makeup on and black and white paint and all this sort of stuff. So she was a juggalo, a very devout follower of this and fan of this group. Is that like a self-devoted term? Yes. Okay. Well, the band, I think, calls their fans their juggalos and oh, then yeah, okay. they take on that. So that then term. you kind of decide like you're that... Yeah. That hardcore of a fan, you're going to adopt that name. Exactly. Okay. Uh, so during her time at this alternative college, Adrian crossed paths with two fellow classmates, Sarah Ann Kolb and Corey Gregory in 2005. So although Sarah and Corey shared a close bond, their relationship was platonic, despite a history between them, which I'll touch on a little bit later. Um, as a fellow juggalo, Corey immediately connected with Adrian and he introduced her to Sarah, who was also a juggalo. Okay. So they be quickly became absolutely best friends. The trio spent a lot of time together, both within school premises and off school premises in their own spare time. 
Was this, can I just ask one very side note, quick question? Yes. Was this band like really popular? Yeah, yes. Relatively oh, okay. speaking, yeah. Okay. I just think this is, I mean, that's a great marketing strategy yeah. to, to like basically have people devote themselves to the yeah. name. I just, I don't think I've ever heard of them. I maybe have to listen to a song and I would recall. Yeah, probably not. They were never like on the radio or anything. They're a very niche band, but they were relatively quite well known. Okay. Like I think Eminem even had like a beef with them and stuff like this. Like, hmm. like, yeah, they were, they were up there. Okay. But I do want to say this, the fact that they're like clown and murderous and all this sort of stuff they actually do like a lot for their community they they donate a lot of money and they actually have like really good intentions they're really that's good people good that's yeah, so really that, good it is so a little fun fact if anyone needed to know that about the in insane clown posse they're actually really good people hmm, good <laughs> um so sarah kolb was one of the friends that she met and sarah was born on april 23rd 1988 Sarah was a very popular girl with a unique style, sporting black streaks in her hair, multiple face piercings, and a punky goth appearance to go along with her, um, her juggalo um, identity. So like Adrian, Sarah faced challenges in school, which eventually had led her to the outreach center. So on the other hand, Corey Gregory was born on November 2nd, 1987. He was described as a shy and soft-spoken individual. He found solace in being his true self around Sarah, and though they were once romantically involved, that aspect of the relationship had now ended. Sarah had a new boyfriend now, and it was evident to Corey that they were just friends at this point. So despite this change, Corey and Sarah remained inseparable, often skipping class to enjoy music, share moments while smoking weed together, you know, just going off, having fun, being really good, tight friends. Hmm. Okay. That's impressive because I feel like that would be a bit hard to do after you were um, like romantically involved, you know? I think so too. But um, I think there's a certain dynamic between them, which I don't get into a whole lot. I do touch on it a little bit here, um, but I might as well talk about it now. Um, Corey, I think um, as far as this case goes, he, he still was very interested in Sarah. So he was hoping for something to spark up again, right? I mean, they were still good friends, but mm -hmm. he also wanted more, right? Oh, okay. Um, and as I kind of already mentioned, Sarah was quite popular. So she really liked the attention. Oh. So it was kind of a dynamic okay. where they're friends, but hey, he wants her and she likes the fact that he still wants her. Oh, uh, that's really tough. Yeah. For him mostly. Yeah, definitely. Yeah. So the dynamic between those two did take a little bit of a new turn when Adrian would, you know, come into the group. It was kind of like a new, fresh energy in their lives sort of thing. And Sarah's attention actually would shift from Corey giving her all this attention because he kind of wants her to now Adrian, which kind of triggered a little bit of like a bit of jealousy between some of them but anyways sarah was unapologetic about her feelings because she wanted to pursue a romantic connection with adrian so the two kind of did have a little bit of a candid exchange in letters discussing sarah's bisexuality and adrian's curiosities about her own bisexual identity so despite the potential and apparent romantic involvement between two they did not ever become an official couple as Sarah still did actually have a boyfriend. She was in a relationship. Okay. So meanwhile, Adrian would begin dating other boys as well. But her growing closeness with Sarah led to a shift in the dynamics that Sarah found rather unsettling. Sarah was quite accustomed to being the center of attention. 
as I kind of already alluded mm-hmm. to with Corey. That she right? likes that, yeah. Yeah. So she was adorned by good-looking boys, and, you know, now she noticed some of them were showing the interest in Adrian instead. Uh-oh. Yeah, so that kind of put this whole, like, jealousy mix back and forth in there again. Yikes. Yeah, I'm like, that can't be good. Yeah. So it's kind of this quasi-love triangle-esque thing that's going on, because mm-hmm. Corey wants... um. Sarah, mm-hmm. Sarah used to date Corey and Sarah likes the attention from Corey and Sarah and Adrian kind of like each other, but Sarah's got a boyfriend. And so Adrian's now dating other people and Sarah is not liking the attention that Adrian is getting. Whew, okay. I actually followed that. I'm a little impressed with myself. Well, it gets even uh, one step deeper Oh, shit. Here. Okay. Because Sarah's anger and jealousy began to intensify in an unexpected turn of events when Adrian even asked Corey out on a date. Oh, okay, that, yeah, okay. So, of course. Here we go. Yeah, exactly. It's a full circle now. Corey had been devoted to Sarah, following her around basically like a, a puppy dog, putting her on a pedestal, making, you know, her everything, feel good and all that sort of thing. Yeah. Um, And this situation basically brought everything to a breaking point, leading to a heated argument between Sarah and Adrian. Sarah's feelings of hatred toward Adrian grew and intensified with each passing day, and she resorted to making many derogatory comments about um, her promiscuity, I will say, around the school. Oh, geez. So she just couldn't handle this. She could not. Now, there was a report of them having an argument and kind of you know, fixing things up a little bit here and they were friends again. But um, one way or another, they would end up having a rather severe argument and getting to that point again where they're they're not friends anymore. Mm-hmm. And I'm sure it would, like, even after some sort of argument, it probably wouldn't have been the same, right? So. No, I don't think so. I think it was like an initial argument. They kind of patched things up, but they were still rather on edge Mm -hmm. and then yeah the argument just kind of intensified and it happened again sort of thing um and i mean adrian did have like some desperate attempts to kind of like mend their friendship and reconcile she really did want to be friends with sarah and Corey, right this this was a new thing she didn't really have many friends before so this is a whole new experience for her right and she really actually cherished these friendships Hmm. so she was really trying to reconcile and make sure everything was okay um But at this point, Sarah remained rather furious and was determined to make Adrian's life quite miserable at this point. Wow. So like really not a true friend. No, not so much. By the sounds of it. Yeah. Yeah. I I think they probably would have been true friends if Sarah was still the number one popular, the the hottest, like, you know, that sort of mean girl's status. Yeah. But I, I just, I don't love that. No. At all. Neither do I. Um, Sarah would actually even claim to, uh, have written in her journal about her intentions to kill Adrian. Wow. Yeah. She would have conversations with some classmates, but her friends and classmates just kind of brushed this off as a joke. Ah. Um, yeah. Not really realizing the gravity of the situation or her emotions, I guess. Oh my gosh. And that's so often that people just kind of like brush it off. I feel like us on the other hand, I think everyone's like out to murder me. So I just run around trying to like avoid people. That's true. But I'm sitting here thinking of an angsty teenager listening to murderous rap music all the time. Mm, I can see that being an off the cuff kind of conversation. For example, if you look at a teenage boy playing Call of Duty on his freaking PlayStation or Xbox or 
or computer, whatever. He's telling people, I'm going to fucking kill you like all the time. Yeah. It's not usually something that you say with any weight behind it. I suppose. And I do honestly think that, and this might be something that people don't agree with. I do think that Sarah wrote that in her journal without any weight behind. I don't think she had any intention of killing her. Okay. So. Well, yeah, you have a lot of emotions when you're a teenager and you don't really quite grasp what to the extent things mean necessarily, right? Exactly. So, yeah. Okay. So it will be on January 21st, 2005, Adrian received an invitation from Sarah and Corey to have lunch and discuss their friendship whether they're going to patch things up or or what. They're just like, hey, let's go for lunch. Let's sort some things out, right? Mm-hmm. And at this point, is Corey and Sarah still like friends? Yeah. They, okay. They, they, they tight. Okay. So willing to resolve any issues, Adrian accepted the offer and joined them uh, in Sarah's car, which Corey was driving. So Corey drove to the nearby Taco Bell. And during the ride, um, of course, the conversations began, right? You know, the, the topics of the friendship, you know, you did this to anger me or whatever. Mm-hmm. With that sort of conversation, you know, tempers usually rise and temp- tensions flare, right? And that's exactly what happened during the drive. Tension was rising between both Sarah and Adrian, which led to quite a heated argument. So upon arrival at their destination of the Taco Bell, Uh, The situation had escalated even further, and the argument turned into a physical altercation in the backseat of the car, which was quickly spiraling out of control. Holy shit. Sarah and Adrian were now in a full-out violent fistfight. Punches were being thrown, and it was increasing in intensity. Corey had parked the car, and he was trying to intervene, but his intervention was... A little different. He, being so devout to Sarah, Mm -hmm. Uh wanted to support Sarah. So he restrained Adrian. He held her down. What the fuck? Seriously? Yes. Oh my gosh. For some reason, I wasn't expecting that at all. I was thinking he was going to like help break them up. No, he he held Adrian down. And Sarah then reached for and grabbed a... All I could really find on description was this was a wooden implement she had for protection in her car. I'm assuming this is somewhat of like a small baseball bat or a fish bunker or a club of some sort. And she began using this wooden implement to strike Adrian repeatedly. Whoa. Yeah. I, yeah. Like I'm, I feel like all like hot and bothered here right now. This that's brutal. Yeah. Did, okay, and he's just pinning her down yeah, and letting I this can, happen. I can let you go on a little bit, but I also have this feeling that this lunch idea wasn't necessarily a reconciliation, per se. Um, I don't know. I if if I think about it, why would they have driven to a Taco Bell in the middle of day lunchtime? This is a very populated area. If they had other intentions, I don't think they would have gone here. Okay. Hmm. At least if they didn't have intentions, I don't think it would have been here and now. Yeah, I guess so. So Adrian was now being pinned down as another person was assaulting her. It's terrible, but that's exactly what she was going through. She was overpowered and she stood no chance. 
Sarah, after beating her with the wooden implement, then resorted to using her own belt in the altercation. She wrapped the belt around Adrian's neck and began to strangle her. Slowly, as she tightened the belt around her neck, she watched the life fade from Adrian's eyes until finally it led to her tragic death in the back seat of that car. Whoa. She strangled her to death. Holy shit. Yeah. Wow. I am actually like sweating right now because for some reason this is making me very uncomfortable. This this one pisses me off on a few different well, levels Well, yeah. Here. Like it's it seems just so <laughs> unfucking necessary. Oh, yeah. All over a popularity contest. Yeah. Like it's almost hard to fa- to just fathom. Yeah. Yeah. That's a good way well, of putting it. Wow, I can't believe that they actually went to to the point where they killed her. Like, oh, I don't I don't know why, but I was not fucking expecting that. Well, and one detail I do want to talk about here um, is that this whole fatal occurrence did occur midday in a busy fast food establishment parking lot, yet there was no one who saw anything. What? How? How? Well, here's the thing. This was January 21st, right? Any witness present in this Taco Bell parking lot that day could not provide a clear account of the events due to the car windows fogging up from the winter air, obscuring the view of the interior. Yep. Okay. I guess that makes sense. Yeah. Us living up in the north, anyone who lives in in colder temperatures, you understand the winter, those windows with a cold outside and your breath or warm inside it fogs up mm-hmm. fast. And honestly, like in that situation, I feel like anyone would kind of, they'd see it. They wouldn't necessarily try to look because you would probably think that there's like teenagers having sex in there or something. That's exactly what it was. Yeah. Some people did yeah. see that something was happening in this car and they literally like dismissed it as teenagers fooling around in some aspects, shape or form whether it's yeah. rough housing or sex or who knows what, right? Yeah. Like, I don't think they would have gone to a place where they thought that they were murdering no. someone in there. No, I've seen some suspicious behavior in vehicles before. And <laughs> usually I'm like, mm, someone's having some fun. I'm not usually jumping towards someone's dying. Yeah. So yeah. I, I can't blame any no. pedestrian for not intervening by any you means. Can't. Yeah. So later prosecutors would never actually really know the full story of what happened inside this car because there's no witnesses Mm -hmm. all they could really do was take accounts of people inside the car and they would eventually a little bit of a spoiler alert but they would eventually learn details from individuals in the car and they are trusting that yes it was a wooden implement and a belt as i described okay okay so that is the official story on record ryan reynolds here from Mint mobile with the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. Ready to get 30, 30, ready to get 30, ready to get 20, 20, 20, ready to get 20, 20, ready to get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month. So give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows full terms at mintmobile.com. Regardless of the exact details, though, whether it was on record or what actually happened or what people thought they saw or didn't see, um, 
both Sarah and Corey were now responsible for Adrian Reynolds' brutal beating and strangulation, mm -hmm. leading to a tragic situation. And they now had her body on their hands. So they did decided to get the vehicle started and they drove a little ways away from the Taco Bell to a more private area to discuss what they needed to do. <laughs> oh my gosh. From there, they stuffed Adrian's body into the trunk of the car and they decided they needed to dispose of her by taking her to a farm that was owned by Sarah's grandparents. Oh, that's like so smart. Right? Yeah, like yeah. honestly, that's so logical. I oh, can't fucking believe it. Makes so much sense. Everything they do here makes so much sense. Trust me, you're going to get more pissed. I guarantee it. So they, while they're driving out to Sarah's family farm, Adrian's family was now growing concerned about her whereabouts. Mm -hmm. It was a little later in the day by now, and Adrian hadn't turned up for her shift at work, and they had no idea where she was. So her family reported her missing, and police began searching for any sign of her, unfortunately, to no avail. So as hours turned into days, and a couple days were going by, the search continued and numerous flyers were being passed out around town, posted across the city on light poles, telephone poles, on business windows, you name it, anywhere, mailboxes. No one, not even Adrian's school friends, recalled seeing her on the day she disappeared. However, a few days later, an anonymous tip led authorities to the Taco Bell parking lot where Adrian was supposedly spotted. Okay, so someone did see her. Someone did see her. So the investigation quickly honed in on Sarah and Corey, the last two people who were seen with Adrian. Police brought them in for questioning, and initially, they both maintained their innocence. They never spoke about the incident in the car. They're just like, yeah, no, no, we didn't do shit. Yeah, we saw her, we were with her, but no, we didn't do anything. I have a feeling, though, that you would have been able to like read them like a book kind of thing. Probably. Yeah. Especially like younger kids are not generally the best at hiding emotions or lying. Yeah. And like, and did they actually talk every little detail th through about if they got caught, what they're going to say and stuff, you know? Oh, they didn't. Yeah. No. So. Um, Cause Sarah claimed that they had dropped Adrian off at a nearby McDonald's after a minor argument stating that they made up by the time they dropped dropped her off um and uh cory provided a slightly contrasting narrative stating that the group had picked up adrian uh, with the intention of sarah and her reconciling their differences and according to him there was a minor argument but they managed to resolve it over lunch where they ate and then after the meal adrian requested to be dropped off at a mcdonald's hmm so <laughs> Corey saying, yeah, they sorted it out over lunch. Yeah. Whereas Sarah's like, no, we sorted it out, didn't eat, and then dropped her off so she can go have lunch. Yeah. I, I honestly can't say that's surprising to me. Yeah. So there was not, not a lot. I mean, there was consistencies, but it wasn't fully consistent to mm -hmm. what they were saying. However, the weight of the guilt was weighing heavy on Corey's conscience. Okay, I I knew it was going to be Corey. You knew it was going to be Corey? I knew it was going to be Corey. Yeah. Which, of course, set him apart from Sarah because Sarah didn't seem like she was going to be cracking. So the burden of the whole secret became unbearable, and during the police interrogation, Corey finally broke down and confessed the whole horrifying truth. So he revealed 
that the week earlier, Sarah had been beaten and strangled. Or sorry, Sarah had beaten and strangled Adrian, my bad, in the backseat of the car. And together they had dismembered and disposed of her body. Oh my goodness. They actually went to the extent where they dismembered her body? Yes. Holy shit. So okay. Be before we get into that, I do want to recount um, a conversation with Brett Gregory, who's Corey's father. Um, so he stated, quote, he started crying and I started asking him questions and he started breaking down. He started crying more. So I knew something was up. I just couldn't even say anything. I just cried and hugged him. And he says, mom, I'm so sorry. I'm so sorry. At that point, my heart was so broken. I didn't even have words. I said, did something happen to her in that car? And he started shaking his head. Yes, he couldn't talk. I said, did she get hurt in the car? He shook his head. Yes. I said, did she get hurt bad? He said, really, really a lot. I said, is she dead? He shook his head. Yes. I said, well, where is she at? He just couldn't, he just couldn't talk. Holy. That, that's heavy. Like that's brutal. Right. That makes me like want to saw my face off. That's, that's a conversation between oh. a father and son. Step yeah. by step, figuring out that he killed his friend. Yeah. Wow. I mean, cause that's the thing, like you, you see like Adrian was the, the victim, right? Yes. But then there's other victims always in like in crimes and stuff too, that don't necessarily get like recognized, I suppose. But yeah, like imagine being a parent, your kid made the, one of the worst decisions that you could ever have made, like really fucked up. Oh yeah. And like their life is going to be like. Over. Altered to, to, yeah, like a state of being over almost. Yeah. So yeah. brutal. So Corey's absolutely chilling confession because, I mean, your eyes are watery as fuck right now. <laughs> I could hardly listen to that. Holy yeah. shit. Um, it would continue to unfold in questioning as he described the horrific aftermath of their actions. And this is where they actually understand the details of the, the beating and the strangulation. So when... He, des he described this. He described when they arrived at the farm in the secluded spot detailed, um, they decided they were going to try and dispose of their friend's remains. So, quote, we poured gasoline on her and lit her on fire. Corey revealed when asked about the details, he admitted to being the one who poured the gasoline on the tarp that was covering Adrian's body. body. And they used a butane lighter to set the fire ablaze. While Sarah stood beside him, seeking comfort as tears streamed down her face. However, the plan didn't exactly go as expected. Adrian didn't turn to ash as they hoped. Instead of simply burning the evidence where they were, as they were hoping, they were left with a macabre dilemma of what oh. to do next. Because Adrian's body was still completely there. It was just, she now had some severe burns yeah. on herself. They, pr they literally thought that it would just be like crem cremating her. Yes. Really? Hey? I don't think pouring gas on a steak would cremate a steak. Yeah. Like you're going to sear and 
burn and char, but it's not doing anything internally or all the way through. So, and it, yeah, tarpon gasoline, they thought was going to just cremate her. Not even close. Hmm. So Corey and Sarah contemplated cutting up Adrian's body to dispose of her, but Sarah wasn't going to do it. And Corey and Corey refused, unable to bear the idea of cutting her up. Okay. Okay. In their desperation, they came up with an idea. They sought the assistance of another friend by the name of Nathan Gaudet, someone who had a very dark fascination with blood, gore, and violence. Holy. Okay. (laughs) I am just like wide-eyed now. Yeah. You almost think this shit's wrapping up and it's not. Nope. So the following day, with Nathan now in tow, they returned back to the farm armed with Nathan and his grandfather's hacksaw. Whoa. Nathan began to dismember Adrian's body piece by piece. Okay, was this fucking Nathan guy friends with her as well? I don't know if he was friends with Adrian or not. He would have known her, I'm assuming, but I don't know. Okay, I am just like, what the actual fuck at this point? Oh, yeah. He actually went and fucking helped? Yeah. Okay. Okay. Yeah. He just went and just began (laughs) hacking her body up while the other two just sat back and watched. Good God. Okay. So once Adrian's remains were in more manageable pieces, I guess is a way to describe it. They discarded her torso and legs in a nearby ravine before grabbing a meal at McDonald's and then proceeding to the nearby local Black Hawk historic site where they buried remains, the rest of the remains, several feet below a manhole cover. They went and had some fucking chicken nuggets with plum sauce after they did that shit. I don't shit. know if they had nuggets and plum sauce. That is so fucked. Yeah, they butchered their friends, disposed of half her remains, went to McDonald's for lunch, and then continued the rest. Holy shit. Yeah. How can you say that you even have a conscience, let alone a fucking stomach to eat lunch in a situation like that? That is fucked. Thanks for the fucking warning for this one. Here I was just like, la-di-da-di-da, sitting down. I don't know why I'm la-di-da. Like, of course, shit's going down here, but holy crap. Well, your reaction is pretty much the reaction of the the whole investigation team when Corey was confessing this in the interrogation. Wow. Okay. Like, I don't even know if someone's confessing shit like this. I just don't actually think, I've always thought I could be an investigator, but I don't know if I could because I don't think I could have like a poker face during that shit. You don't have a poker face now. You look fucking pissed. I'm very uncomfortable, very agitated and pissed. Yes. Rightfully so. Um, so after the whole confession in the interrogation, the police now know what happened, what's going on. Um, Corey would lead police to the Black Hawk historical site where they uncovered Adrian's severed arms and head. And then to Sarah's grandparents' farm where they found her legs and partially charred torso. So the investigators, police now had their suspects. They had a confession and they now had remains. However, one crucial detail remained concealed in Corey's testimony, a detail that I actually already did divulge the involvement of the friend, Nathan Corey didn't initially tell investigators about him. Really? It was only through Nathan's grandmother that the police learned his 
role in this whole gruesome incident. Oh, I'm surprised by that. Yeah. So she contacted authorities concerned about a bloody hacksaw she found in her basement. Jeez. Which pointed towards her grandson's involvement. And when questioning Corey about it, he was like, oh, yeah, he, yeah, here's how his involvement went. And then he divulged that piece of information. Hmm. Sorry for being a little bit off track with that event, but it seemed more right yeah. to tell you his involvement earlier. No, that's fine. But that, I mean, good for the grandma. Yeah. Honestly, like that's impressive. Cause like, I, I don't think that would necessarily be an easy thing for a grandma to do. I don't think so. So. Um, yeah. Anyways, this <laughs> whole situation, Corey, he justified his acts, his actions as an act of protecting Sarah, a girl he deeply cared for, um, from facing jail time. He wanted to prevent her from facing jail time. He wanted to help her and cover this up. And it was all basically an act of love, which I'm pretty sure we all kind of mm -hmm. guessed that anyways. Yeah. So once we were kind of talking into getting tried and trials, despite efforts, Sarah was eventually tried as an adult, but her first trial ended in a mistrial on November 16th in 2005, as the jury couldn't reach a unanimous verdict, which surprises the absolute hell out of me. Mm -hmm. I don't, yeah. What's like, what was the issue? <laughs> I don't know exactly, Jeez. but they could not reach a verdict. They could not all determine if she was guilty or innocent. Someone was at least on one opposing side, at least one. So in the retrial that began on February 8th, 2006, Sarah was found guilty of first degree murder and concealing a homicide for three weeks. Okay. First degree. Hey, okay. Yes. She received a sentence. You ready for this? Mm-hmm. Oh, it, it better be good. 53 years oh, okay. Okay. behind bars. Yeah, I'm actually all right with that. Yeah. Corey pled guilty to the same crimes in May of 2005 with his supposed minimal participation mm -hmm. resulting in a sentence of 45 years. Whoa. Uh, okay. I kind of feel like that one's, I don't know. That's so tough. I feel like that's a bit much considering what she got, but oh God. Yeah. Okay. So he did have an appeal and his latest one was denied on September 17th, 2009, where part of his complaint revolved around seeking a lesser sentence because he was the one who led authorities to a Adrian's remains. Mm-hmm. The judge basically referred to his appeal as a case of buyer's remorse because he attempted to withdraw his guilty plea and demand a new trial because he's all like, well, I led you to the remains. I should get a, a lesser charge. I mean, you still did the fucking crime. Yeah. And I mean, honestly, you did get a lesser charge. It's I don't know. He he didn't he wasn't the one who pulled the trigger, but he was there. He let it happen. He pinned her down. He then hid her body. He helped someone find someone to dismember her body. Sure. He confessed later. Yeah. But you still did all those fucking horrific things in the meantime. I know. I'm struggling with that one a little bit because I guess like if it wasn't for him or sorry, if it wasn't for Sarah, like he wouldn't have done that. But I don't know. I mean, he definitely deserves jail time. A hundred percent. Yeah. 
But and then I just wanted to say too, I'm almost wondering if Sarah's original um trial, if it was an issue of like deciding if it was like first degree versus kind of like manslaughter or something. It's just a thought in my head because like maybe it was kind of obvious that she's guilty. I can't imagine someone thinking she's not. So maybe it was just not sure for the charge. Maybe. I don't know. That's that's the say. only way my head can go. Yeah. Uh, the whole Justin system um, sentencing for Nathan, however, was widely deemed inadequate Uh-oh. for the severity of his actions. So regarding that, Sarah had 53 mm-hmm. and Corey had 45. With Nathan, due to the plea bargaining at his age at the time of the crime, Nathan received a relatively lenient sentence of, what do you think? Five years. Five years in juvenile detention. Yeah. Which is fucked. Yeah. Because if anyone I feel like is going to reoffend potentially, it could be him. I agree. Yeah. Because he just jumped in there and happily yeah. packed up a body. Like it's it's actually like terrifying. Yeah. Um, which, I mean, that's pretty much what everyone else is saying. Like the whole decision was raising concerns about public safety given the potential risk associated with his release on what he fucking did. Yeah. That's that's everyone's concerns too. Yeah. Like he has this obsession. He, no questions asked, just hacked up someone. And got a taste for this now. Yeah. That Well, yeah, exactly. Yeah. And he's only going to be put away in juvenile detention for five years. Yeah. So. Oh, that makes me almost ill. Yeah. The case of Adrian Reynolds of course, remains a horrific and sad story. Uh, she's a young girl who was just trying to better her life, but instead lost it because of a jealous friend and a quasi love triangle. Jeez. And the fact, okay, like what happened in the back seat was like horrible, but the fact that they just, man, like destroyed her body, like yeah. destroyed her body for her family. Is yeah. that's, like what ha- they did to it after the fact is like is almost just as disturbing, really. Well, what was the point of dismembering her? They I, they dumped her in locations. Cool. They didn't really cover her by any means. She was dumped in half of her was dumped in ravine on her parent or grandparents' property. Okay. If someone comes across that ravine, they're just gonna see pieces of a body. Yeah. Why not just dump an entire body? So this like it, there's no difference, you know? Yeah. Yeah, it was. It's like almost just so unlogical their thought process, I guess, of what was going through their head. I mean, they were obviously panicking. Maybe they were just hangry. You know, they just couldn't think clearly until yeah. they had their McDonald's. Until they had their fucking McDonald's. Oh, that's so disturbing. I literally can't believe that someone would want to eat, like, would be able to eat, like, after that. Yeah. Holy. So yeah, that's the story of Adrian Reynolds. Huh. That's really, really sad. Yeah. So that one came up on our Discord. So uh, thank you for that. And sorry, this was in the United States or where was this? Uh, yes. Okay. Yeah, in the States. Okay. 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 How many times are you going to say okay? I don't know. I'm very disturbed right now. I don't have anything to say. Rightfully so. This was, this was bothersome to me, this one. Why exactly was it bothersome? Just because it I'm, was so like, there's no point to this. It was just... Yeah, and Senseless. I guess it was just like very unexpected. Like it was just, and it ones that bother me more when it's just so like unnecessary. And not that any are necessary, but when it's just so like absurd. Yeah. I don't know. This one just, this one just is hard for me to process for some reason right now. 
Fair enough. I mean, I'm someone who plays devil's advocate all the time. Mm -hmm. So I try and get in the head of what someone is thinking or reasons why. Not that I agree with it, you know, but at least with some killers, you can get in their head and you understand their thought process as dark and stupid as it is with this one. I can't do that. I can't understand her thought process. Boys like you. <laughs> so I'm going to kill you. Yeah. Like, well, what? I don't know. Sometimes teenage girls are interesting. <laughs> Trust me. So can teenage boys. I think teenagers in general yeah. are just interesting, but humans too. But I, all ages. I very much so do believe that there could have potentially been some ill feelings or like, I don't think that her intentions were pure when she offered to go have lunch with Adrian, to be honest. No, I don't think so either, but I don't think she had the intentions of killing her there. Maybe not killing. Yeah. Because like I said, a very public place, who's going to kill someone midday, like lunch rush we're talking here. Yeah. Yeah. Like that doesn't line up to me. But I don't really think that it was like to reconcile. Maybe not. Maybe she planned on just kicking the shit out of her or something. Mm-hmm. Hmm. Interesting. Or maybe she did plan on that whole altercation in the car too, but she just didn't plan on actually killing her, you know? And then as it's happening, this deep-seated thing that she actually kind of really wants to happen did, you know? Yeah. Wow. Maybe. I don't know. Hmm. One way, no matter how you slice it, like this... It's just so fucked. It doesn't make sense. There's the motive for boys think you're cute and you want to date my ex-boyfriend who I am not dating anymore and refuse to date. So I'm going to kill you. Mm. Doesn't make any fucking sense. Yeah. This honestly just makes me a like not miss being a teenager and be like <laughs> actually like pretty fine that we're not having kids because that shit's just... Yeah, I I can't. I don't think I'd be able to deal with that. Yeah, it's pretty. I'd like pretty grim. my huskies and my chickens, and um, yeah. But honestly, what my, about kiwi? Oh, and kiwi. Sorry, <laughs> my chickens. <laughs> a second thought. The chickens could raise some hell too. Oh yeah, for Ch- us. Well, chickens will probably eventually bully and pick on each other uh-huh. too, right? So yeah, and that I'm not going to be doing well with that. But no. Anyway. Yeah. Good so, work on the research you. for that one. Yeah, that one was actually relatively easy to research. I don't know why, but I just had, I don't know. There was something about it that was like easy to research. The, the whole information out there wasn't uh, super accessible. I think it was just so intriguing to me. Like I was really captivated with what the fuck mm-hmm. that I was just into the research on it, you know? Yeah. And like, I mean, it had like a really like easy timeline to follow too i suppose it did it really did because there's not like like the actions occurred a couple days later confession and it's like it all happened within like six months sort of thing as as opposed to like years of time Mm -hmm. you know so i think that kind of definitely helped but i hope you guys enjoyed this episode it was interesting i was just gonna say yeah they even went through the court process pretty dang quickly really yeah they did honestly yeah Hmm. okay and um, I just wanted to say really quickly, I am finally working on an, an episode. <laughs> it <laughs> it's will coming. Be, it will be a little while. Um, yeah, this wedding season has been has been a lot. So Ben has grace gracefully gracious, gracefully graciously graciously um, 
been kind of taking the lead on the podcast, which yeah. has been helpful. It has been. So thank it's you. It's been fun though. So yeah. Yeah. But yeah, I will, yeah. I will be yeah. presenting at some point in the near future. Are you going to tell them the case you're going to do? I have hinted at this one before. You have. But no. No? It's a camping related one. It's been on my list for freaking ever. I have the freaking book that I, yeah. Okay. Well, there you go. It's a camping related one. Is it Jason Voorhees? No. That, that's a horror movie. But <laughs> anyways, we, uh, we hope you guys enjoyed this episode. We appreciate you guys being here, especially if you're listening to the very bitter end where we're just kind of yapping back and forth and you're enjoying a drink with us. Maybe we appreciate mm -hmm. it. Um, mm -hmm. If you guys want to support us a little more, you can go ahead and check out the links down below where there's our social media. There's our website. You got Patreon. We can go support us there and get all that extra goodness content. Um, we have YouTube where videos are starting to get uploaded on a little bit more of a regular basis. So you can check those out there. Or if not, you can just chill with us here. Mm -hmm. We appreciate that too. We oh, appreciate it all. Also, you can go ahead and give us a review if you really want. That helps the show absolutely immensely. So thank you if you have done that and if you're going to go do that. But even still, thank you for just being here. Yeah, right before this, I took a little mini video to put on um, Patreon of our chicken coop. Our so, chicken, yeah. So that's going to be up there. Yeah. So yeah. go check out our chicken coop on Patreon. You can get a <laughs> shout out in the next episode too. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, until next week. Stay wicked. <laughs>